I can't hear anything in the background. There's a little bit of uh, all morning. There was some early this morning. They're doing a little bit of work on the side of the house. Of course, they literally just rang the doorbell and are here now. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I can't hear anything actually. Like I think it's the, the there's a noise suppression thing on Teams that's probably blocking it out anyways. So, um, yeah. Okay. So again, um, there's no way I could tell you. I'm just going to tell you we're going to start recording and then we're going to get into it. And at the end, I'll tell you we're done. So thank you. And I got my gadget. Sync up the audio post production. Um, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Hustle and Grit. Today, back on our podcast is Vince Scarcelli. He's the owner and principal broker of Meta Mortgage Group, a successful mortgage brokerage in Ontario. Vince is here to talk to us about his journey as an entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast, Vince. Thanks, Harris. Thanks, Harris. I know last time you came, um, you were on the podcast. We talked a little bit about the mortgage industry and, and what's going on. And it's I think it's still um, pertinent. Um, for those who want to check out that podcast, I'm going to provide a link below. Check it out. We had some really good insights there. If you're looking to... Um, get a residential mortgage or any kind of mortgage or get any insight in the industry. I think it was, it was pretty, it's pretty good. But today um, we have a little uh, different angle. I think we're going to be talking more about um, what it is to be an entrepreneur. What was your journey? Um, and, and basically what people, what habits and, and, and things people can adopt to um, give them that uh, boost or that advantage in any kind of business they're either starting, thinking about starting or already have started. Um, and so just to start off, um, talk us at least in the beginning about your journey of, um, starting your business. So, uh, and, and you have a storied history. You, you had a undergrad in commerce from the university uh, of Ottawa. Um, it's international business. You started then, uh, in, in the banking sector, worked at a few big banks, and then you started your own mortgage brokerage, which was a, a decent leap. Some could say it's a uh, it's not that much of a stretch. I would argue it's not about the stretch. It's about the appetite for risk. And, and it's not just because you're selling something at the bank and now you're doing it on your own. That's the exact same thing. Um, and, and, and anyone who, I guess, is starting a business really understands that. So walk us through how you decided to start a business. What was kind of the challenges that you faced? What was your kind of decision-making? What was going on through your mind? And what kind of got you to make that leap? Just because a lot of people, even if they um, want to start a business, um, they kind of are stuck at the, I want to jump into it, but they can't really make the leap because they're waiting for that perfect time, that perfect situation, the perfect financial situation, all their bills are paid, house is paid off, cars paid off, and then they can start their own business. <laughs> the kids are out and everything. So <laughs> walk us through your kind of process through it all. That's so true. I mean, um, I guess for me, I just I just got to a point. It was a tipping point. I think everybody has a tipping point in that, that process of evaluating risk, like you said. There's also that point of, you know, are you tired of, of what's actually going on and what you're enduring in the work world? And for me, that's what I had hit. I had hit a point of of just where I was I was tired of the really it's the uh, politics inside corporate corporate uh, corporate Canada, corporate America, same sort of thing. Working for the bank, what happens is is just like you're working for any other large company. 
uh, there's a huge hierarchy and, you know, you come out of university or college or, or whatever type of school and you want to just, you know, you want to be the CEO tomorrow, right? So you, that's sort of how I, I came out of university. I remember in the first class, Terrace, uh, I had a, a prof uh, ask the whole auditorium, what do you want to make when you, you know, in your first year when you get out of university? And I stupidly put my hand up in front of all these people. And then I said, $60,000 a year. And literally, he laughed me. He laughed at me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I'm on high <laughs> here. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you just jump into it. You jump into, you know, a job and a role and you start to learn. And that's what I did at the bank. Uh, first with National Bank and then eventually switched over to, uh, sorry, first with Scotiabank and then switched over to National Bank. And then um, just grew there and I got to a point where um, politics got in the way of, of my growth. And so I had, um, I had uh, some leadership that basically told me that I, was, uh, I needed to slow down. And uh, I had heard from other people within the company that um, they had gone to ask about me for a certain role and my manager had kiboshed it. So at that point, I knew that there's something going on in the background that I did not like, and I just said to myself, enough's enough. So I, I got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore, and I said, enough's enough. And so for me, that was my tipping point. I mean, everyone has a tipping point. My tipping point was all the politics out the door. I hate politics, so for me, yeah. I'm very and so I said, you know what, let's, uh, let's look at this as, as the next option. And, and, you know, from family support perspective, for example, you know, people asking me, hey, what, where, what are you doing? Oh, I'm leaving um, a branch manager job and I'm going to open up a mortgage brokerage. You're going to become a broker and you're going to leave your pension and your mm, yeah, salary yeah. and your benefits yeah. and everything. What it was, man, it was... It was uh, it was it was tough. It was a tough decision. But for me, my tipping point was essentially I was just tired of of all the politics. But I mean, and and, and I guess I can um, agree with you or have similar kind of experiences before starting my own law firm, starting going to law school or anything. I was working, and I did feel like um, sometimes it's not the best qualified individual that gets promoted. <laughs> sometimes if you're doing your job properly, your manager wants to keep you around because you're doing it properly and he doesn't want he or she doesn't want to train somebody else. And, and, and I'm not saying this is across the board, but this is kind of my perspective on things. Um, but as much as that is a pushing force, right. Yeah. In terms of like saying, okay, well I got to, to, to find another option. Um, when you kind of look out, especially if you're kind of um, in, in working at a bank and, and again, you've got like a, a good, you got a salary, right? I don't know if arguably it could be good or bad. It's banks pay well. Right. Um, but then it also depends on your own lifestyle and, and it's uh, it really is subjective, but it's good. You got relative job security, right? Um, it's not like there's an up and down. And as long as you're kind of performing decently, I would argue that you'd keep, your job um and then there's also a quote by um i don't know if you've read uh, i think it was anti-fragile there's an author it was a an american banker a stock trader uh i think his name is nasim talib he wrote the black swan he wrote the anti-fragile and he said like uh, like uh the 
the biggest drug that an employer can give is like your salary every two weeks, right? And so you're kind of addicted to it. And, and so that kind of keeps you there. And people are like, all right, you know what? Like, I'm not going to have that steady paycheck. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go out. In the beginning, I don't even know if I'm going to get paid. I don't. This is something that I am. I know how to, I may know how to do the work, but what about all how to get clients in? At a bank, you're getting leads in. Now you have to generate your own leads. Um, at the bank, you're not really worrying about keeping the lights on, <laughs> right? Now you, you have to make sure that the lights are on. So how did you kind of uh, approach that entire risk profile of I'm going to get rid of whatever I'm making to something that I might not, like I might or I might not, right? And like Elon Musk says, the entrepreneurship or starting a business is like, chewing on glass and looking into the abyss, right? <laughs> so you don't know what's happening. You can have all the projections you want. Um, they're quickly thrown out. So how, just quickly, how did you kind of then um, digest that risk? Uh, you kind of have to detach emotions away from that paycheck and, and the fact that you rely on that in order to sustain yourself. And without that, you are going to fail like it, it's it's hard to it's hard to really explain but you really have to detach yourself from it you have to and that's what i did i i, I mean first nine months there was no no money no paycheck yeah but you at some point you have to believe in yourself and know that if you're going to do the right thing and do things right someone has told me this before do the right thing and do and, and do things right this is not that's yeah. not my quote it's true if you do the right thing and do things right things will work out yeah. uh, and you know I'm thankful obviously for all the, the the foundational knowledge I got from the bank but ultimately that gave me the confidence to know that I, I need to take this gamble it's a, it's a huge gamble there's no yeah. offense about it but once you detach the emotional tie to that paycheck and say I need that paycheck because it is kind of like yeah. however you because that the, the 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 crack or whatever it is, yeah. I need it. I need the paycheck. Um, you, you don't need the paycheck. You 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 have to get away from that feeling, that emotion of I need that every two weeks going into my bank account. So, do you have somebody within your family, friends that was entrepreneurial? Or are you the first kind of entrepreneur in your circle and your network? Like, was there some kind of guidance you've received? You know. Huh. My my dad worked at General Motors for for thirty eight years and mm. collected that every week um, and and you know was was a hard worker but went in yeah. every day and was there for four years and worked for the the, the the pension right so that that's I grew up with that in the household um, and and my mom worked worked a salary position as well so um, no I didn't really have that um, I would say that. What, I, what got me thinking a lot were my clients, my clients at the bank. Uh, Friday afternoon, uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, um, you know, I'm in my office working away. Who pulls in? Usually you have your, your CEOs of companies and, 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 and owners of businesses that come in before the weekend um, because they're going away on the cottage or whatever it is. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'd have the first office on the right when they'd come in. And I would, I, I'm a relationship guy, so I always wanted to get to know them. And I got to know them, talking to them. And they come into my office after they pull in with their fancy car, and they come in and be like, they challenge me. What, you know, what's what's next for you, Vince? What's next yeah. for you? Yeah. 
ask, you know, uh, you need to trust in yourself. You need, why don't you believe in yourself? You can do it. You can do it. These mm -hmm. are people um, that spoke to me and, and I'm still, they're, they're my clients today. Uh, oh, wow. so, so these are, these are, these are the, some of the ones that have influenced me to, to have the confidence in myself, to be able to apply what I was applying at the bank, but do it on your own. Yeah. So another leap, a train of thought, and I'm, I'm, I'm really digging through everything today. <laughs> another, <laughs> another leap is, um, when you, when you're starting a, a business, especially if you're coming from something that's, I would say, at least from the outside, relatively from the inside to well-organized as, as a big bank, um, where everything's kind of in its place, everything is done a certain way, their procedures are well laid out, um, and, and they have a team working for everything, right? If the procedure needs to be changed, they've got a team doing that, there's got five other people overlooking that, there's got like committees, whatever it is, and, and there's like just a lot of bodies behind everything. And you take that and now you're the, the CEO of everything. We got to figure out, you're the guy who figures out the rules. You're the guy who figures out the marketing, figures out the operations, the overhead, the personnel, the corporate culture, everything. So how did you in the beginning decide um, where you're going to, uh, I, I guess, focus your resources, your time, your energy on? Did you start off by hiring people right away? Do you start off by um, renting an office? Did you start off in your garage? Did you like, like what was that? beginning um of, of your of your brokerage looking like i mean i didn't hire someone right away i mean it's kind of i mean i don't know where to start off and i'll make the mistakes you just you you learn through mistakes i mean we we still learn through mistakes. yeah so you the, the the thing that i think we need to program ourselves to and i wish i knew this earlier on is you've got to try things out don't be afraid to try things out that that's what gets in the way is fear Fear gets in the way of everything. If you turn off that fear voice in the back of your, your head and you turn on the, the you can do it voice and just try it voice mm. and from there, um, man, we'd be so far uh, further ahead. But no, I tried, I started off and um, I started off actually in a partnership with two other, two other people from the bank. So that's mm. one where I felt like I spread my risk out a little bit is that I wasn't in it alone. Yeah. Now that partnership eventually dissolved after five years, but but we did start off without any paychecks. Um, so I kind of started off two, two businesses. One was the, that brokerage for the first five years. And then mm. I spun on my own and I had to yeah. kind of start again um, on my own. And, and, and so we started off and we didn't have a, a lease. We worked um, within, um, we had one of my partners had an in at a, at a brokerage, a uh, real estate brokerage. So we got in there and we were mm. able to for free. So we didn't have that overhead, right? So we used... Some of our relationship uh, connections to be able to do that. So all of us, you know, when you sometimes in a partnership, the, the advantage is you get to spread the risk, and everybody has sort of their forte. Then the other part is, is you kind of all got to get along for long term. So everyone has to be on the same page. Yeah. That is the case in partnership, right? So, um, so we were able to do that, um, and then we were um, we were able to, in order for myself to be able to get and focus on on getting business in, I just leveraged my ex existing connections of existing clients and people at the bank. Mm -hmm. I mean, as of now, you have access to so many other lenders, um, but you don't have access, you, you may not have access to clients walking in the door, yeah. but you have relationships from the bank. So I kept those relationships from the bank, and um, if they had declines, I would 
they would call me and say, hey, I can't help this client, but can you help this client? So again, coming back to relationships about, you know, doing right by the client. You, you know, if, you're, if your referral source knows you're going to do right by the client, then they'll, they'll send you the client. So that's really all I, I worked on was trying to get a few really good referral sources. I didn't want to work with everybody because you yeah. start to work with everybody kind of yeah. spin your wheels. So that was the focus is, you know, uh, by doing marketing and by taking mm -hmm. on all the and um, just try to stick to the basics and grow one client at a time because if you do it right with every client, then every client will become a referral source essentially. Yeah. So that's my feeling and that's, that, that did work out really, really well. Um, what didn't work out really well, because you probably want to know that too, <laughs> uh, some of the mistakes I made was... Um, which I think is in my character is like you kind of want to get out there and, and, and do it right away, but you kind of really have to learn the basics of that industry you're going in, no matter how, how parallel it is. So I went from banking to brokering, and although we're doing the same thing, that we're issuing mortgages and, and underwriting, there's still a process that is different. Yeah. And in the broker world, there's a process for every lender, and there are guidelines for every lender. And so that was the toughest learning curve for me is, you know, how to go from knowing everything inside and out at National Bank to knowing really nothing now. Yeah. I, I didn't know which bank was wanted in terms of clients. I didn't know what TD wanted. I didn't know what B lending was. I didn't know what private lending was. So you had to learn through through trial and error yeah, yeah. and through relationships. That was a tough, tough go. It's a huge learning curve because um, everything is new, like you're saying. But did your, did your relationship um, with money change when you started your business? Because I know that um, often enough when people are working, I feel like money is always considered as some like enjoyment units, you know, like you gotta, you gotta spend this money to make yourself happy, right? Whereas when you're in business, money is more, it's currency. It's, it's the electricity that makes your business run. Um, at least that's my perspective, right? It's like when you're looking at, it's kind of all, almost like uh, poker, right? Um, uh, not that I'm a big gambler, but, um, it's like when you're, uh, you're looking at different areas where your business can expand, you have to throw a few hands out to see, and you're going to lose on, on nine of them, but that one hand that you get, you get big, right? So that's kind of, and that, that appetite for, you know, I'm losing money here. It's fine, but I'm, I know, I don't know where, <laughs> but somewhere in this is, is a million dollars and I just got to find out where it is, Right. So how, did you have that from the beginning? Did you have to build that out? Like, what was your perspective on that? Yeah, so basically the first five years was very tough because it was it was partnership. So money was was always an issue because mm -hmm. you had to figure out between people how you're going to spend it. Um, but let's fast forward to when I went on my my own. Um, I had a I had um, someone working with me that I had tried to hire in the partnership, and they didn't want to spend on that mm -hmm. uh, to grow. And so uh, again, philosophically, we're on the different on different pages. So I decided to leave, and I offered to bring her on. I said, "You can come work with me, um, or you you know you can stay at the current brokerage. It's up to you." And she said, "No, I'm going to come work with you." Uh, by then, we had an office and everything. So, so uh, we went from having an office to um, working on the first couple weeks, and then um, <laughs> you kind of I realized, that, oh geez, I thought to myself, I don't know if she's going to be around for a while, but she. <laughs> 
around with me even today. You got to meet her, Kristen. Um, so her and I go back. And, and so the relationship with money um, really changed then because um, I definitely had to look at things more in depth. Everything was all on me. And, um, you know, that's when you start to look at, okay, when you have money in the bank um, on a monthly basis and you're, you have your surplus, um, I, I hate just leaving it there. You have to, you have to put it to work. Otherwise it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to work for you. So yeah, now you're trying to, you know, mm -hmm. figure out ways to, to expand, whether that means marketing, whether that means hiring someone else, whether that means, um, you know, making a joint venture with, with another business or, or, or even just buying property or I, I don't like cash in the bank yeah. for that way. So I guess, um, based on like that, just a quick move to, I guess, leadership. Um, when you have, when you're, you're, you have somebody and you're, you're thinking about getting an office, you're working at a coffee shop, which is like, you know, those are, those are stories that you, you're going to be looking back for the rest of your life. You'll be like, Oh, that was, it was typical at that time, but it's still, you know, it's like that journey that is, uh, nostalgic. Um, but what, do you feel uh, makes an effective leader? Like what was your perspective in making sure your team showed up and they were performing the best they possibly could? So what was your mindset around, um, can, do you have a crystal ball knowing in the future? You don't, but you've got a team here and they're looking at you for answers almost. So how do you kind of lead in those times? I just go by the view. Mm -hmm. um, politics and all this, as you know, I've said that to you already. So I, we don't. I try to avoid all politics. Possible, just be real. Um, we're, we're a team of nine now, and um, it's you know we, we we get together, we we enjoy food together, we talk not only work with each other. Um, we spend time, whether it's coaching and talk business or we spend time socially together. Um, but it's about, to me, it's just about being real with people and, um, and try not to force things, uh, forcing things I find can create, um, an illusion of, of, of fake really. And mm -hmm. so we don't, we don't try and force things, try to be honest and, uh, work through, through problems that we, we you know, we no doubt encounter every single day. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's sort of what we do. I think, I think, I think being real is really important. Real and transparent, letting everybody know kind of what's going on and, and where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't want to tell somebody, you know, it's funny in our industry, everyone's afraid to tell people how much volume to do. I don't know why it's yeah. like, tell people how much volume you do. I, who cares if the guy does more volume than you, um, then ask him what he's doing, uh, and say, Hey, like, what are you doing? Let yeah. me, maybe we have some, some things we can learn from each other. Right. I think that that's, everyone's so worried about what everyone else is doing that let's just all be authentic and real and, and just, just be, just tell each other like it is and, and we can all sort of grow, but we're like that in, in our office too. Right. If we, if you have, an, if you have a problem with something or something comes up you know, then, um, then we're going to tackle it as a team rather than tackling it, tackle it individually. So safe to say you, you have an open door policy. You're not kind of closed off in your office or you've got to schedule some time in. 
No, and, and you know, sometimes, yeah, you have to schedule a call or whatever, but if it, it, I think everyone knows, they, they know that they can call me anytime, whether it's in the morning or at night or during the day, if there's something going on, um, they can. Um, and I'm not the one that's always going to solve the problem. That's the, that's the beauty of it is, is I've got great people on the team. So sometimes it's going to be someone else that can solve the problem. Um, and, and, and any of the, the team members that will, will maybe listen to this uh, podcast, they'll know. Sometimes they'll call me and they have an issue. And um, sometimes I just I let, I let them not, not stew, but wait a little bit so that maybe it gives them the opportunity to think about it on their own and solve it on their own. What do you do? Yeah. Uh, I'll text them back and be like, hey, um, you, you have some time now? And they're like, oh, I, I figured it out. I'm good. And then we'll, we'll chat later and we'll laugh, right? I said, oh, I kind of waited on that for you because yeah. I figured this out. Now, I'm not doing it behind their back, but I'm doing it. I tell them I'm doing it because I, I want them to learn. I think sometimes that's how we all learn. And sometimes I'll call them and bounce an idea off them, right? Yeah. And so I can't, I don't know the answers. I don't know all the answers. Yeah. I truly respect everyone on the team. So sometimes you ask a question and be like, hey, what's, how would you handle this? Or what do you think about this? And I just want them to be, they know I'm real with them. I feel like they'll, they'll be real with me. Yeah. I mean, that and that way you just described there is an art because I feel like um, so many times um, we just want the answer out, right? And for me, it's always been if a client has an answer or something and, and, and one of my guys is coming to me or girls um, is coming to me and saying, hey, um, what's the answer here? Um, or what do we do here? My gut instinct is always I got to give them the answer so that the client is happy. And and I'm not saying I, I don't make clients happy, but it takes away from the growth of your team. And if the client has to wait another 30 minutes, an hour to get an answer, I don't think it's the end of the world as long as you're building your team as well because you want all of your clients to be happy in the long run and not just that one particular situation. Um, not that we're sacrificing that situation, but – it's really about your clients as, as a leader, I find at least, are, are your team members just as much as your, your paying clients. Absolutely. Like, here's the thing. Um, I can either spend time you know, growing myself or I can mm. spend time growing eight, eight individuals on the team. I've, I'll take the eight individuals on a team like all the time. I think mm. that's the best, oh, it's the best bang for our buck. That's the best way to do it. I mean, I... You know, um, they want to grow. They they're sitting there waiting to, to grow and to 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 be part of it, and and we want to make them part of it, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Change the topic. Let's uh, get into successful habits. What does uh, what time oh. do you wake up in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I have three kids, okay, so I don't have a choice but to wake up early. Um, I traditionally and I, I get up. I would say probably about seven thirty. Seven o'clock. What is the yeah. first thing you do when you wake up? Coffee, man. Coffee, straight for coffee. coffee. I kiss my kids and I and I and I grab a coffee. And uh, home. And when when are you like in the office by? So uh, I'm I'm a late office guy. So mm -hmm. I like the uh, you know I will have my phone with me, but I I I'll talk on the phone. Um, but I like to get the kids you know, done, ready to go for the day with my wife. And then, and then I head to the office. So I'd be like a 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock office guy. Yeah. So are you in, in the office? So you're, you're, you're okay. So then how far do you live from the office? What's your commute? Like, it's like 30 minutes an four, hour, huh? Four minute walk. Four minute. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> so that's that's not that's not bad. If anything does happen, you could pop in whenever whenever you need to. So when you wake up, when from what your coffee time to the time you get into the office, what when do you typically check your phone first for emails for responses? Going to possibly tell you something very different. You'd be like, <laughs> it's up to check it. No, I check it. It's not good. It's a bad habit. Um, I did try and take turn off most notifications off the phone, other than text messages and calls, um, so that I can check my email when I want to check it, not when the e- when the phone tells me to check my email. Yeah. So, but I would say I would say during my coffee, I will definitely take a look and see what's what's going on, and just scan and see if there's anything urgent that's that's occurred like since I checked it last in the, uh, in the evening. And do you have like two phones, one personal, one work, or is everything's in one? Everything's on one, baby. That's it. Just Same movie. Stuff. Yeah. It's the only way to go. I can't have too many phones, you know? Like, oh, it's like, you can lose I, mean, I don't even know how much radiation is this thing giving me. I don't want two of these. I, don't, I, mean, I, I mean, I want to do less on the phone. I, I'd love to do more in person. I mean, that's just, but it's just not, not the way, uh, not the way business is, uh, is going. That everything's being more, done more virtually and electric, yeah. electronic. Yeah. And so then how do you structure your day when you get um, into the office? Is it, and by structure, I mean, and I'll give you example, an example of, of Jeff Bezos where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all my meetings before lunch and like after lunch, uh, I'm doing the more, I guess, light work. The heavy lifting's done kind of in the morning. Um, um, some people like to do their meetings in the evenings, you know, like what's your structure? How do you structure? Is it kind of like uh, wherever I get a meeting, I, I go to the meeting and, and you just kind of... Um, Fit in work wherever you can. Oh, I need I need structure. I mean, I Kristen is on my team for structure. Uh, when I when I brought her on and I asked her to be on, I had to be honest with myself and look in the mirror and go, "What are what am I terrible at?" I need I need someone who has more structure. Someone like Tina at home, mm-hmm. my wife, who's structured. I needed that in the office, and and that's what that's what she brought to the table for me. And yeah, like I, I, I've I've been bouncing around my schedule in terms of how I wanted to structure it. Um, and most recently, again, through trial and error, uh, I've, I've booked all of my team individual, um, one-on-ones and team meetings all in the mornings. Um, I, so that I can have the afternoon to be more, you know, on the phone with clients, returning phone calls, um, having meetings with clients if I need to, um, um, answering emails. So I really want to focus my mornings on, on my, my team. And then the afternoon is more of the client, uh, the client stuff. Um, and I try and book new meetings, new things on Fridays. So, for example, a pre-approval meeting, which, as you know, through the last call is a long one. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I don't do them on Fridays um, because they do take a lot of energy out of you. And you're starting something new on a Friday. And now, all of a sudden, I found myself, like, I do. I was doing, like, two or three of those every day. And on a Friday, you do two or three of those. I mean, Saturday, I'm still thinking about it. So I, 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 I shaved it off, and I, I, do, I do that in a four-day four work week, and my Friday is more of the, you know, um, relationship connection day. Mm-hmm. You know, on the phone, in person, out for coffee. I mean, the coffee shop, my favorite coffee shop is like literally in the backyard of the office. So I walk to the office yeah. for four minutes, and I go to the coffee shop, um, which is a local coffee shop and, and, you know, a community sort of feel there and, and you just, yeah, it's, it, it's what feeds me. 
Love it. Right. Last question. What is the last thing you do before you go to bed? Last thing I do before I go to bed, man. Um, I, um, I do something mindless. Like <laughs> right now I'm watching Breaking Bad and I just <laughs> for an hour and, and, and try to resist to only watch one episode. Um, but yeah, um, last night was two and just do something mindless. Like literally just relax. So be, um, oftentimes I'll do an evening walk mm. and I'll go for a walk and I like decompress. And, um, and the walk will be, we'll have a podcast or we'll have an ebook or we'll have just music, whatever. And then I'll, I'll, and that's after the kids go to bed. And then, um, so it's, it's usually dark outside and then I'll, I'll come home and then I will, I, I don't want to jump on the phone and start doing emails like that. And that's kind of different. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I used to be a night guy. Like I, I used to, when we first started before I, I hired, um, you know, Kristen on and then eventually grew the team. I was, I was not a morning guy and I would actually work till two in the morning. It was stupid. It's crazy. And when, when would you wake up during those times? If that's like well, in the morning, I had no choice because my kids were up in the morning, so literally uh, you're burning, yeah. you're running thin, and mm. and that was things where it was the fear of okay, do I bring someone on, and now have to deal with a salary and everything? And that's a big responsibility, um, and or am I at a point where I you know I keep doing this, and it's kind of like that whole you know doing the same thing over and over again and expecting things to be different. Yeah. It's not I have to change them in order to. To, to make the change and that that equals risk that equals you know being uncomfortable um and again i wish that fear voice was away i pushed it away a lot earlier because now um i just I, as soon as i hear the fear voice it's almost like i need to be doing that mm. if the voice is telling me not to do it i need to <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the business for self crack right there right so no see that the thing is is i i'm i'm so so I can so relate to that. Whereas, like in the beginning, it, if you're taking somebody on, it's like it's it's salaries. You're you're dealing with somebody's life. You can't really at least per, I was like mentally there is a lot of red flags. Now you know if I'm too comfortable, I'm like, what's going on? I got I got to get up and make myself uncomfortable. <laughs> if something if something isn't like you know uh, moving, like if if there's, something's not making me uncomfortable, I'm not in the right place. So. Yeah, so, you know, like, it's, it, you're right, it's exactly it, and so and now it's just been, and, you know, now the challenge is time management, I think that's the really the, the toughest mm. thing right now, running, running time properly and just properly for, for other businesses and things that I'm, I'm getting involved in now, and so uh, that's sort of one of the challenges, but yeah, I've most recently been listening to that, okay, don't do this, don't take this on, don't do, don't do it, and I'm like, oh, that means I need to do it, and so, yeah, I think, I think people, more people need to do that. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, thanks for uh, coming on our podcast again. That was really informative. Really appreciate all the insights. Thanks for everything. Anytime, Harry. Nice to talk again. No problem. Yeah, so that's it. Um, another one. That's good. 